Welcome back to Calliope's Corner Presents Conversation with T. So I decided that I wanted to do a episode on work-life balance because I have noticed over this last year that that was something that I need. I was constantly chasing a goal and I didn't know how to balance between the two. So I was so gracious to meet someone that I think is amazing and I wanted to introduce her to y'all and that is Dr. Danielle Bruce-Smith and she's going to introduce herself to y'all. Hello everyone and thank you so much for having me on your channel and be able to talk about this wonderful topic. This is a topic that everyone needs to figure it out for themselves and come up with a plan for work-life balance but to introduce myself, my name is Dr. Tanielle Bruce-Smith. I am a family medicine and obesity medicine doctor, but I wear many hats. I am also a life coach. I also learn yoga to be able to teach that. And I am the CEO and founder of Brew Wellness Collective. And I actually created Brew Wellness Collective because my work life was not in balance. It was completely out of balance. And I just had to go through a complete journey to figure out what it was I needed and wanted um, to create the structure for myself so that I could live a life that I just enjoyed. I was tired of just, oh, I got to make it through this or uh, this will be over soon. I want to enjoy every single moment of my life, period. Mm -hmm. um, so I created Brew Wellness Collective, which helps to coach high achieving professionals who want to create that balance and who want to incorporate a lot of stress relieving and self-care activities so they can what I call prioritize the pause so prioritize the the calm moments and create those calm moments or slowing down moments in their life uh, so they can really reassess what it is they need and want for sure so I was also reading um about the different reasons why we have been quitting our jobs really <laughs> So um, they were saying a recent survey came out by Fairy God Boss and Information in 2021, where they said one third of women of color plan to leave their workplace within the next year, which would probably be now, um, mm -hmm. with burnout being the leading factor at 51%, followed by different career greater, greater purposes and salary benefits tied at 47%. So I know that you, I don't remember when, but left a practice where you were under someone else to work for yourself. Um, with the stats that we know now, how do you know when you're working in your purpose and how do you know when to shift in that? Ooh, that is a deep question and I love it. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> So I am one of those people, I'm a statistic, okay? I left my job in June of June of this year, June, 2022. Um, and your first question is, how do you know when you're working in your purpose? I think the, another question is, how do you know when you're out of alignment? How do you know mm -hmm. when you're not working in your purpose and not in alignment? Because that was really what motivated me to make different changes and shifts. So for me, I know at my baseline, I love medicine. I love taking care of people. I have great results with people. I'm an obesity medicine doctor. So I lost weight myself. I know how to get people to lose weight, but I 
hated, and I can say that with a capital H, going <laughs> to work. I my I did not enjoy it. And then my body was also, I had already incorporated some of these kind of slowing down practices. I mm-hmm. was actually feeling ill when I was going to work. I would have like this chest palpitations and my stomach would be hurting. And I, my personality generally is like this, happy. Um, but when I was at work, I would see myself just being very pessimistic and feeling overwhelmed yeah. and really feeling at capacity. And when I would come home, it's not like, oh, all that stress would just go away. I saw that I was bringing that stress home with me. I was not, I had just got married and I'm, we're right in the first year of the marriage. I was uh, the A word. I don't know if I can cuss on here, but I was the A word. <laughs> and I knew that that's not who I was in my core. So I right. think the first step of knowing when something is not in alignment with you is one, having an assessment of what your values are, who you are at your core, the person that you truly are. And then when you're in certain spaces and you're no longer that person, that's when it's time for you to either shift how you are in that space or your thoughts, because you're not really shifting yourself, shifting your thoughts about that space or finding a different space. And that's what I think is what's, and I'm pretty sure it's what's happening with a lot of my, I think you said African-American and minority women mm-hmm. shifting jobs because they see that they, they cannot be themselves. They are becoming different people that they don't like. And so they're right. going to do something else. And I would say the shift for me happened with that as well. I felt like I was always tired. Mm-hmm. Um, simple um, schedule that I was always working. Like I was working three twelves for four years. And at the end, I felt always tired. I felt like I was attacked all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just felt like I was in a different space all the time. Like I would come home from work while it was a night shift job. So there's that. Didn't want to talk to nobody anyway. (laughs) But it got to the point where I didn't want to be interacting with anybody at all. Like I would rather be by myself than engaging with other people. And, you know, over the years, I'm, I'm a little bit more introverted than I was. I was a lot, I was outgoing as well. Um, and I'm trying to get back to that person because, you know, I, I can walk in a room and it would be like, I know you, even when we met, like (laughs) we were talking immediately, like I I've known you for years. And so, like you said, it's your, when you're in a position where you realize you're not working in your purpose, when you realize that you are starting to get towards burnout then you start to see your personality shift a lot. Um, And then my next question was, have you experienced burnout? Which you kind of just said you did. (laughs) But do you want to go a little more detail of what that looked like for you? Because for me, it's somatic. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know you were saying that you were having illness, but was there any other symptoms that you noticed that you were burning out? Yeah, so... I guess my first signs of burnout was that I felt like I had two faces. So mm. when I was in the room with the patient, I mean, I was engaged and present. But the moment I walked out the room, I I felt like that smile I had was gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was step one. I'm like, that's 
that's weird because I'm usually happy all the time. So that was weird. That was kind of the first sign for me that something was off. Like I was doing all I could for the thing I needed to do, like be there for right. the patients. But then after that, I didn't have enough to even smile after I left the room. It was done. I was done with it. Um, so that was kind of the first sign. And another sign for me, a lot of mine was just my body, how I felt. Again, just like you described, I was very tired. Um, I tried shifting my schedule, but still th there was this level of tiredness that I'm not used to. Um, I had this increased level of anxiety, which I felt in my chest and in my stomach. It like clockwork every day at 10 o'clock, I would feel nauseous, like I want to throw up. And one point I had an episode where I literally just kept throwing up. Oh no. It, it wasn't just nausea. It was just, I had to throw up and I had to go to the hospital because I just kept vomiting. It was terrible. I've never experienced anything like that. Uh, that was yeah. a big sign. I said, Ooh, honey, you got to mm -hmm. figure this thing out here because something's not right. And I would, I couldn't very, I couldn't sleep and rest well. I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking about what did you not do? Did someone um, think that an interaction you did was wrong? Like I would be thinking about the stresses that already happened and even thinking about, oh, well, I have a meeting tomorrow. Oh goodness. What's going to happen at the mm -hmm. meeting? They don't tell me I need to do more. I didn't do enough. Like it was this roommating thoughts in my head about the career that I was in. And I'm like, did I go to school for this? The right. money is great and all, but goodness gracious, this is not the type of life I want to live forever. I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And that's, I think that's the huge thing that makes us get to the point of burnout is the unrealistic expectations that some of the organizations that we're working for are requesting of us. And so um, how do you, so after you felt like you were burning out, how long was that before you made the switch to practice on your own? So there were multiple different stages. I tried my best to stay as long as I could. So I was with mm -hmm. one practice in the same company. Um, I knew there was some issues going on with the one clinic that I was in. So I switched from one clinic to another clinic. Uh, the first clinic I was doing family medicine, so seeing all the things, doing all the things. And I switched to just doing obesity medicine in a different clinic. So th there was some relief when I just went to do an OBC medicine, but the same issues that I had before with some of the, oh, you need to see more people, being double booked, double booked mm -hmm. meaning that you have more than one patient scheduled in the same time slot, which can be very difficult to do because if they right. all show up now, you're just like rushing through everything and you can't really rush people when you're talking about their weight. It's just a very sensitive right. topic. It's not something you can do. Um, so when I saw that I was really in the same boat in that second spot, I knew, okay, I need to make some shifts. And it was around that time I got married and I saw that I was not showing up as the wife that I want to be. And we want to have kids mm -hmm. in the future. And I'm like, goodness gracious, gracious. If I'm this, I was a mean person coming home for my husband. I don't want to be a mean mom. Like, right. to be frank, I didn't want to do that. So that is when I really got into my coaching training because I kind of started and I really started just to help my patients with weight loss. That's why mm -hmm. I initially went into coaching. But then I really started to assess, okay, if I don't want to work in this clinic, 
or these type of clinics with somebody over me, what can my life look like? What skills do I already have that I can use those skills to do something else? Of course, medicine, I can do that anywhere. I can open up a clinic. Number right. two, coaching. The coaching industry, of course, is growing. And I have many skills that I can help people coach or I can coach people in. Mm -hmm. So before I made that shift, I really took an assessment of where I was, what skills I had, and had a general idea of where I wanted to shift. Because I knew when I put in my letter of resignation, it's not like, oh, I stopped working that day. I still had to work there for two more months. So I really utilized Ooh. that time to, yeah, it's actually supposed to be three, but praise the Lord, it was two. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I still, I took that time to look at what skills do I have and what could I use that for the future? And then also being okay with not exactly knowing where I was going to be led in the end. At right. first, I thought it was just going to be a weight loss practice that I created. But then after taking that time to just stop, I think that's the biggest thing that I learned during my just time off is it's okay to stop and figure some things out. You don't have to have all the answers immediately. You can know that a situation is not right and you need to go to another one without knowing the path in between and you can right. just all I needed was step one and that was resigning <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the rest of the steps I figured out <laughs> along the way but remember guys she's a doctor so she has the funds to do that plan yes. <laughs> yes. I also let me let me also talk about that I have been saving for a very long time I'm a big believer in making sure you have an emergency fund one time yes. it was at the beginning of COVID I didn't get a paycheck for whatever reason. I got it later. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I don't get paid, I don't want to be in this space where I don't know what to do. So from that moment, I was aggressively saving, 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 mm -hmm. saving, saving, saving. So I had been saving for an emergency. And I was like, you know what? The way I'm feeling right now, I just went to the hospital a couple, <laughs> couple right. months ago. I think the state I'm in right now is an emergency. So that is me choosing to use my emergency fund that I created long ago because I knew I needed to make sure I had security for myself. And I use that to be able to make that leap for myself. Absolutely. That's very important because, um, you know, I know a lot of people are making the decision to take back their time, reclaim their time. <laughs> um, but they're not actually planning out that step. So I think it's, in, we would be remiss to not clarify that it was a plan. It was just not a plan to do it when you did it initially. Right. Exactly. So, um, and I, I'm the same way. Uh, I, so my journey started with my debt freedom journey. Um, so that's why I had funds to make a decision to randomly decide to up and travel <laughs> for work. Um, because a lot of people don't realize that, and I know I didn't know initially that when you decide to do travel social work or travel nursing or travel anything, um, there's a initial startup that you have to cover. Mm -hmm. And so when I first started traveling, the startup it was anywhere between a couple thousand dollars because I had to pay for my room and board. I had to pay for food. I had to pay for gas to get to where I needed to get. They paid for the car, but I had to actually pay for the gas to go in the car. Um, 
and it's, so there's things that people don't tell you when it comes to that transition. And then when we're talking about starting a business, there's a little bit of startup costs with that as well. Um, so that's a little off topic. We'll talk about that in the financial <laughs> episodes that we have. But when you started to experience burnout and then you were able to finally leap into that transition, how did you reset yourself from what you experienced? Oh, so literally my last day at work was June 17th. I went on my, finally went on my honeymoon. I got married in October. I finally went on my honeymoon June 18th. So that was Aww. step one. Uh, so we went on our honeymoon to Jamaica for like five, five days or whatever. So that was just a nice, like, let me just get away from everything. I bet that was so gorgeous too. <laughs> it was, it was gorgeous. It was like such a, a different contrast from the life I lived before to, to mm -hmm. where I was going. So it was nice to have that already planned. Um, so I went to Jamaica just for my honeymoon because I literally have been delaying it forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so we did that. And then I decided that I was just going to take some time to learn about myself. I had already, I mentioned before that I went from one clinic to another and there mm -hmm. was no break for me to figure out what I wanted. And I knew I did not want to go from leaving this one job to the next one without me really knowing exactly what it is I wanted. So um, I did this yoga teacher training, which I, for me, I, I honestly, it was such a blessing for me to have done it. I don't even know what inclined me to like move <laughs> in that direction, but anyway, I did it. And during that time, I just was able to journal. One of the biggest yeah. things that we did, we journaled a lot. We meditated a lot. And of course we did yoga a heck of a lot. And mm -hmm. I, that really helped me to feel what it felt like to slow down, to fill up space because my previous career was in 15 minute increments. And when you're doing yoga and you're really intentionally like trying to teach a class that's an hour. When I first started teaching, they were like 10 minutes because I'm like, I'm doing it all and I did it quick. But by the end of it, I could space it out for an hour. So I learned how to physically take up a, a large amount of time, but then literally lay out and take up space for myself because I have for so long, never really did that. I was just trying to go so right. fast. So that was one of the first things I did. And I, of course, worked with coaches. Um, I, I knew I needed to reset, not reset, but have a different perspective on how I thought about things because I am very good at filling up my schedule to the brim. And I wanted, to, I wanted to make sure that I did not do it again. So I worked with different coaches that helped me, one, to understand business, two, to understand myself and my like my unconscious mind and all this stuff and what made me to, what made me drive myself the way I did. And I also work with a therapist as well. I did everything that I thought I could to just really learn so much about myself during this time. Because we normally, when we have a break, it's because we're sick or because mm -hmm. of somebody else is sick and you're taking care of them. I wanted to make sure that I took this time to understand me versus having to you know take care of somebody else. So that's some of the main things that I did. 
Yeah. And for me, I'm a beach girl. (laughs) I love the beach. Like I love to just go out and just, you know, reflect because I think a lot of times we don't take time, like you said, to be present in our moment, to have gratitude in where we've been and where we've come to now. And so I like to just go out there. Hopefully it's warm. Right now where I'm at is warm, but, (laughs) and just take that time though, to reflect and dream, because that's another Mm -hmm. thing that we don't have time to do anymore because we're constantly hustling. And, um, I don't know, it may be American culture, but the hustle sometimes get old (laughs) (laughs) to me. Um, so just dream, like, what, what can I do to be better? What can I do to help others? Cause, um, y'all know I'm a clinical social worker as well. So my work is helping others as well. So, um, how can I show up and be better for them as well? So, um, you know, I'm a huge reality TV person. Oh yeah. Same, same. Guilty. (laughs) But so I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta and I often see the, I often see a common thread with, a, well, a couple of the wives, Sonia, um, Richard and Ross, which is new to this season or this mm-hmm. past season, and then Candy and how they are, well, Candy for the most part, we don't know enough about Sonia to bring her into this conversation. But Candy, for the most part, has been struggling uh, with balancing her career, her family, and then the other things that she wants to do on her own time. And so I was wondering, what are some sacrifices that you've noticed that you've had to take to kind of try to make that balance? Mm. Well, Before I answer that, I just want to really, I'm so glad you brought up the concept of making space to dream. That was another thing, and I mean to write that down, that I definitely was able to do during this time that I had that I wasn't working full time. I had space to say, well, what if, what if I work part time? What would my life look Mm -hmm. like? What would I need? What if I create a coaching business? What would I need? What if I took the it's the what is, it's giving yourself that chance to try on different lives, try yes. on different experiences to see what feels good for you. That is something that's so powerful and that helps you to not feel like when, so when I am doing stuff now, when I'm working in my part-time job or when I'm doing things with coaching, I don't feel like it's, oh, well, I have to, or Someone told me I needed to. No, I consciously chose to show up to do this because I am creating this experience for myself. Absolutely. Because I looked at all my options and this is the one that I feel like is best in line with my values. And your previous question was, oh, was what sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Was it the sacrifice with the burnout or sacrifices that that I have now? Mm -hmm. I would say now. Yeah. So the sacrifice now is it's uncomfortable a little bit with, I am very used to like, I went to school for this long and you get this degree and then you like, I know the path yeah. 
Oh, I knew the path that I thought that I was going to be on. And so one of the biggest sacrifices is going off the path that I was on before and not exactly knowing where it's going to lead. Yeah. So that can be really, really uncomfortable for someone who likes control and safety and security, i.e. me. For sure. For sure. (laughs) It could be very uncomfortable. So I had to increase my capacity for feeling these uncomfortable feelings and still going forward because I know that I have a bigger dream. I know I have a bigger impact and I know that there are other things possible. But I also know that my plan B for all of this, and I jokingly say this, my plan B for all this, oh, I'll just go back to being a doctor full time, which is like, okay, (laughs) pretty good plan B. It's like, this doesn't work out, but I, I don't even hold that reality. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest sacrifice I made was not having this clear defined vision of what my future is going to be. I have idea, I have structure in place to move me towards it, but it shifts and changes. And I have to be comfortable with that and know that honestly, that's what life is. We think that our life is going to be a certain way, but will it, is it, it's going to change and having that flexibility is important. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I know that, you know, a typical nine to five, you don't really have um, that flexibility like you're speaking. Uh, But most jobs (laughs) get that PTO, girl, take it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Take your PTO. Um, If you, because not everybody wants to be a business owner and that's okay, but you can still make a work-life balance Mm -hmm. with a regular nine to five. Um, but it's going to include you actually one, taking your PTO and taking your sick time and two, acknowledging that you may not be able to do it alone. Um, Mm -hmm. I know Dr. Tanya, you were talking about how, when you were in the transition, you sought help from other places, like, you know, going to, well, you know, she got certifications and stuff, but (laughs) for regular you know, regular people, it may just be going, showing up to that yoga class, right? Or, you know, going to hang out with your family members or, you know, taking that vacation you've been wanting to do for X amount of years. So I think that's important. So- I to make a quick comment real quick. One thing that I think would be helpful for people who aren't trying to transition to a new job and they really just want to have that balance or just increasing the joy and satisfaction in their regular life, make a list. Make a list of things you just actually enjoy doing Um, and be imaginative with it. Like for me on my joy list, I, I love walking. I love dancing. I love being with my friends. I love getting a massage. Like have that list of things that would just, Mm -hmm. and you can even think of, okay, what would be the most perfect day for me? And writing that out and being intentional of including those joyful things in your schedule. I schedule my time with my trainer. I schedule my massages. They're in the calendar. It's going to happen. I Mm -hmm. schedule the brunches and the hangouts with my friends because we all got busy schedules. Um, So I make sure that those things happen because I this life and working, whatever you do, it's going to be stressful. So having those moments that you already know is something that you like to do, and it's already something that's planned and in your schedule, that makes everything a little bit better. 
That's a good point. And um, since you brought it up, I also want to note that there are a lot of people who are experiencing burnout right now, depression, who can't remember those things. So I challenge Mm -hmm. you to go back to when you were last happy and fulfilled. What did that look like? What were the things that you were doing? What were the things that you used to enjoy? Write that down and then find time, which means probably taking that PTO to rediscover that and the other things that you may like that's current. Yeah. And on the opposite end of that, seeing what is draining your energy, whether it's a place or a person, whatever. Um, When there's certain people that I have to interact with, I call them, they put them in the high buy category, meaning we're just Mm going to say hi and buy. And we communicate via email or text message. But I, for myself, I can't spend long amounts of time with them because they drink something about them or something about me. I don't know. I'll put it on myself. Something about me. My energy is drained after the interaction. Right. I'm assuming everything about them is fine. Something about me, my energy is drained. So bringing up your level of awareness to what that is for you and seeing how you can create some boundaries around that person or that experience or whatever, because that can help too. Of course, you want to fill up your cup, but you also want to like make sure you seal the hole, seal the things that's um, draining your energy. For sure. Boundaries is so important because, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and um, their issue is that they feel, like you said, drained um, with some family members, mm-hmm. but they feel like they can't get away or can't leave them alone because they're family members. And, you know, I, I just feel like you get to choose once after a certain age, you get to choose who is engaging in your space, you know, breathing the same air you breathe. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to let go of that idea that just because we're family that we have to intertwine, you know, intertwine our lives. Um, That's not always true, right? And if you are in a position where you're cohabitating or something like that, um, try to try to identify ways that you can get around that or go to therapy and resolve mm-hmm. <laughs> these relationships. Because, you know, you at, at a certain age, right, you get to choose that path that you decide to take. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One thing that I have learned is with family, one, I had to tell my family, please don't call me late at night because my sleep is important. So (laughs) unless it's a direct emergency, they're not going to contact me. Um, I am not a part of many of the family group chats. I had to be that oddball. Like, look, I don't need to hear about everyone's business. I love y'all. If there's something super important you need to tell me, you might want to text me directly, but these ding, ding, dings all day stress me out. Um, And then three, like my mom is someone who I could just talk to all the time and she might call me randomly and it might interrupt things. What I learned is the pattern we have is I just call her when I'm in the car. And that gives me this certain amount of time that we're going to talk, whether it's my mom, my sister, my aunt, whomever. I talk to them while I'm doing a certain thing. So when I'm done doing that certain thing, then we're done with the conversation. It's not something that goes on for hours and hours and hours. Right. Oh, I made it home. Talk to you later. 
even though I could continue to talk after yeah. I got home, it's something about saying, oh, I'll do a such and such, chat with you later. It's an easy answer to conversation. I know it's only going to last my 20 minute drive to wherever or my 15 minute walk around the neighborhood. It helps. That's an easy way to put in boundaries and to make it so that, yes, you're still connecting with whomever you need to connect to, but you're not having this long conversation where right. there might be this energy exchange that you don't want, even though I love, let me just say, love my family. They're amazing. But sometimes I just don't want to talk that long. Right. I don't right. I got 15 minutes. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good solution for people who, you know, feel an obligation to communicate with certain people in their lives. Um, that's a good, that's a good solution. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, how do you create and I think we talked about this loosely, but I'm gonna ask the question directly. Um, how do you create a safe space for your work life, like, or the balance in general, right? So like, I don't know if that's a confusing question, but <laughs> how do you create that safe space? First, knowing you. So for me, Safety means I am able to do the things I need to do and not feel rushed and mm. not feel like everything is super urgent. Um, and I have ADHD, ADD, so I can get distracted very easily. So that is really understanding myself. So that's number one, that safety part is understanding who I am, my needs are, not beating myself up because I can get distracted by something shiny or sound. No, that's who I am. So I need to make accommodations or talk to my employer about making accommodations for that. And then two, I communicate my needs to whomever I'm working with. So when I was working full-time in the clinic, or even now when I'm working in this new clinic, I let them know how I want to be communicated to. When I first walk in, don't talk to me about 50,000 things. I actually don't like people when I ask you to work any job. I need a second. Like, give me a second. If it's before noon. <laughs> like, give me a second. Don't, like, I'm walking through the door. Here's five things. Uh-uh. Let me sit down. Let me put my bag down. Let me have a sip of my water. And then we start. So it's mm -hmm. teaching people how you want to be communicated to. Then I like keeping reminders around me of just happiness. So mm. like I have, I can look right here. There's a little plaque that says you got this. So when I get nervous, I can think about that. In the corner right here is, are my pictures from my wedding. So I can have visual reminders when the world is going to crap. You know what? That was the best day of my life right there. Mm -hmm. so I can turn around and look at me looking cute and look at my friends and family looking adorable. So having that visual reminder is very helpful. But then before I get to work, I make sure that physically I'm in a space so that I can work effectively, meaning, or in a state that I can work effectively, meaning that, did I eat breakfast? Absolutely. Right. People doing all this intermittent fasting, you might want to intermittent fast your dinner. But if you're working, you need to eat your breakfast because it's going to help to calm your nervous system right. down. 
Am I drinking water? Because if you're dehydrated, you're going to feel overly anxious and all that. Am I making sure that I'm sleeping okay? Super important. Because if I come in there tired, uh-uh, uh you're not going to get the smile. T tired Tanny doesn't smile. Um, and then also, do I feel good in like how I'm presenting myself? That's important. I know it sounds vain, but am I presenting myself physically in a way that I am proud of? That I'm right. like, you know what, Danielle Monica Bruce Smith is a great person. I want to make sure I'm wearing, I usually have some kind of flower on me or this dress has a lot of flowers. Um, I, that's another way that I create safety because I am having things around me and making sure my body is well before I go into a space that I know might be a little bit stressful. That's amazing. Um, I, I do similar. So I work in a hospital, so I don't dress up like that. <laughs> but I always make sure that mentally I'm in a place where I can take most things that's coming my way with grace. Um, and just the word grace, period. Like mm -hmm. have grace with yourself, have self-compassion with yourself, um, with everything that comes with you on that day, because you just never know what's going on with anybody else that you come in contact with. And so, like you said, being prepared with all the other things, making sure that you're, you know, nourished, <laughs> making sure that you're hydrated um, is so important to start off your day right. So what is your number one uh, advice to someone who is struggling right now with their work-life balance? Hmm, there's so many things I could say. What's number one? Knowing that you're not alone, that there are so many people who are in the same boat as you. Sometimes when we feel like we're the only person for a long time, I thought I was the only person feeling the way I felt. It made the experience even worse because I'm like, ah, how mm. could I, how could I not be able to do this? Everyone else is doing it so well. Why can't I? But knowing that it's, this is an epidemic. This is like really bad. It's not just healthcare. Every industry is going through this. So knowing that you're not alone, knowing Absolutely. that there are different resources out there. Um, I know I mentioned going to therapy before. Actually, the therapist that I was seeing was through the EAP program for free at my job. So seeking the help that you need depending on like the level of crisis that you're in if you're at a point where you know you need to see somebody right now and you're you not able to pay for whatever look and see if your company has a type of eap or some kind of counseling yeah. program or something like that to do because that really helped me when my stress level was at like a thousand and i couldn't even think straight um so just having those sessions to be able to talk out what was going on brought everything down and then I can make decisions for myself. That's a good point. Um, there are a lot of resources. You just have to be willing to, you know, reach out to someone to find mm -hmm. them. Uh, my number one advice would be to just step back and actually plan what mm -hmm. you need, right? Because I think so many times we're often just going with the flow with things and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Be free, be free, birdie. But sometimes 
we need to actually just step back, be present and look at our time and schedule the time that we need for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's my number one, um, one thing to create work-life balance. Thank you, Dr. Taniel. Is there anything else you want to add? One last thing. Well, two. One practice that I, has been so helpful, I heard this on a podcast during my break, was uh, the person on the podcast was saying that she asked herself this all the time. What do I want? What do I need? What do I want? What do I need? And it could be as simple as, mm, I'm thirsty. I need to drink some water. Oh, I need to go to the bathroom. Oh, I'm hot. Let me take this jacket off. Getting into the practice of saying, what do I want? What do I need? Mm. and mm -hmm. actually giving yourself that thing and knowing that it's okay to want or need something. So that's one thing. And then two, I have a masterclass coming up talking about gratitude being your superpower because I think having gratitude is not going to make everything better, but it can help in the process of shifting how you see the world, bringing your stress level down just a little bit so you can make whatever decision, whatever decision you need to make for yourself. You don't have to quit your job and do all the things, but if you're at stress level a thousand, it's hard to think clearly and make those choices that's best for you and your family. So having this gratitude practice can be something small you can implement in your day to help just bring your overall mm -hmm. stress level down so you can make the choices you need to make. And that's Monday, for sure. October 24th at 7.30. My Instagram is Brew Wellness Collective, B-R-E-W, Wellness Collective on Instagram. And the link is in the bio to register. Awesome. So y'all can find her on Instagram. Do you want to give out any of your other socials? Yeah, so um, my company is Brew Wellness Collective, B-R-E-W. That's my last name, Wellness Collective. My website should be done very soon. So it'll be brewwellnesscollective.com. Um, I already talked about the Instagram. My Facebook is Brew Wellness Collective. On LinkedIn, you can find me, Danielle Bruce Smith. So you can contact me on any of those. If you send a message, it comes to me. The person replying <laughs> is me. So because <laughs> my team is very small to people. So <laughs> yes. If you have any questions or want to talk about coaching, or if you just need, sometimes you just need someone to say, you know what? There's a better, there's a different option, or you're gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. If you just need some kind of uplifting word let me know. I can give you, I'll give you a little sunshine. Yes. Um, so go follow her, go check out her masterclass. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. She has really great content on her Instagram, y'all. <laughs> so right over there now. Thank you so much, Dr. Tanyel. And thank you everybody for listening. Bye. Okay. Stop recording.